0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Full Talents Show. I'm Jen Werner.
1: And I'm Chad Ahern. And today we're pleased to welcome our very first guest. Damon Zakakis is an ICF certified coach who is also a Gallup certified and Edie Grow certified coach. And that's how Jen and I know him. And we've invited him today to talk a little bit about Lerner, uh, because Damien has it uh, also very high. We're going to get into that in a second. Dame, is there anything else you want to add to your bio or anything else you want to tell people about the work that you do?
2: Um, I guess briefly, I do, um, as most GALP certified coaches do, I do I enjoy doing workshops, uh, strength training workshops, and I also do executive coaching and career coaching.
1: And I forgot to mention where are you based?
2: And I'm based in Holland, Michigan. Wonderful on the west side of the state, the Michigan mitten. <laughs>
1: uh, over here (laughs) over there so so i i'm the vermonter with two michiganders on on our show today (laughs) so this will be fun um jen do you want to start us off by reading the formal description about what galps defines the learner uh talent theme uh what the definition is around that
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to read it verbatim so that I don't mess it up. It it says people exceptionally talented in the learner theme have a great desire to learn and want to continuously improve the process of learning rather than the outcome excites them. Now, learner is really low for me. It's not in my in in my top five or ten even. It is <laughs> at twenty-seven. So I'm so glad to have you both here, um, Chad. I understand it's your number one, yes. Jamie, and I, I understand it's your number two, right? So no. um, I have two very versed men in learner here to share their insights on what this talent theme means to means to them. So, gentlemen, without getting too wordy for me. I want to talk about how this learner theme shows up for you in your daily life, um, at work and, and such. So um, Chad, because this is your number one, do you want to kick us off?
1: Sure. So for me, I think that at a core level, learner for me is all about curiosity. It really comes da- down to asking a lot of questions. Um, in, even in high school, I was nicknamed by one of my teachers as the Why Kid. Um, I was always sort of going that next step, learning, you know, the reason behind the reason, and sometimes even the reason behind that reason, and just wanting to keep digging. So I think it really comes down to a a sense of curiosity. Um, It also kind of comes from a place of wanting to understand or challenge the existing notion or the existing thought process. So there's a, there's a curiosity around that. Um, I think one of the Unique parts that at least that I have found with my learner is that there's very much a uh, a near-term applicability. So I'm usually asking questions or investigating something that is super tangible in the moment. I need to do a research project. There's a certain um, event or initiative at work that I need to sort through or figure out. And so my learner is really uh, focused on those things. Um, I think a couple other things that come to mind just briefly, I I definitely want to hear what Damien's version looks like. Um, But for me, it also, my learner really gets kicked on or, or energized by having really intellectual conversations. So if I'm in a room, I'm actually more apt to ask a lot of questions of other attendees or other people in the group versus trying to spout off what I think, because I want to learn different perspectives or different takes on a particular topic or a particular uh, initiative. So I think that there's a, a big um, energizing moment for me when I get to learn from other people and digest ideas around that. And then I think the other um, piece that's really important to me, it's actually kind of the reason why I got excited about this sort of podcast idea with you, Jen, is that learner really needs opportunities to ring things out. So Learners love to soak in a lot of information, hmm. but eventually we need to be able to find an avenue for sharing that. And I think we can get into later in this show about sort of the negative and positive ways that that can, that can come out, but that for, at least for me as a learner, and I've, I've heard similar um, notions from other people I've coached around learner, is that you do have to have that system or that way of figuring out a way to share or wring out your sponge so that then you're... You can go back and, and learn even more and not be overwhelmed. So, I think those are probably the the big points that I'd want to hit. I'm I'm really kind of curious about how how Damien shows up because as somebody that has it almost equally as high, um, we're not going to quibble over one and two. But uh, Damien, if you want to you know kind of answer Jen's question, I'd be I'd be very interested to hear what you have to say.
2: Okay. So, learn is my number two. Uh, input is my number three. And I think those two operate very in a very intertwined basis frequently. Uh, and people that are high in input like to collect things, whether it's physical things or bits of information. In my case, it tends to be more bits of information. And so in contrast to your description, Chad, I'm oftentimes not asking multiple questions and going deep. I'm going wide and probably at a more super superficial level. um, I like to know about a lot of things. I like to know a little bit about a lot of things. And and I collect that information. uh, And it used to be more in my memory. Now I've got electronic versions of my memory. Uh, My favorite one is Evernote. And so I have a, a web clipper. So when I'm online and I see something that's interesting, I grab that, click it. I've got a good filing system within Evernote. Um, and so I'll have, for example, um, dozens of bits of information about resumes, which often come up in career coaching. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a preference, but I like to have access to lots of different mm-hmm. versions of information. Um, so that's one area where I have gone deep. Other times, when i'm when I become aware of something, that I don't know, which obviously there's a lot more that I don't know than I do know, but when it reaches my awareness and I'm curious about it, um, I will, you know, grab my phone, the computer that's always in your pocket Mm -hmm. and go online and research it and read a couple different articles because I don't want to take anything at face value. Um, Or, um, and and I may not save those little bits. It just was, I was curious in the moment and it doesn't go any deeper. but I do definitely like to um, catalog and keep bits of information. So um, that's my learner network that's for better so or for worse.
0: That's so interesting. I, lo- I love hearing the contrast between the two of you being that uh, Chad is so high executing and strategic thinking. And I, I believe you have a lot of relationship building um, themes following yours as well as some of those other strategic thinking. So it's just really wonderful to see the differences and how this learner can come out, depending on how your other your other strengths sees in that. Um, do you guys want to talk to me a little bit about what learner looks like and how it contributes to your success? Damian, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. So for me, um, and, and it's interesting when I think back, uh, well, we, we moved from one home to another after 25 years. And so as in doing that, uh, I did a lot of purging and I went through files and pre, pre-internet, I had folders of information. So I, was, I, was, I had learner and input, you know, back in the eighties and nineties. Uh, and now of course it's, you know, it's all online or on my computer. But uh, so, so that helped me even then when my career focus was finance and accounting, um, and I I must have had dozens of articles about Excel hacks. They weren't called hacks back then. They were right. called tricks.
0: you right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um,
2: and so, so it helped me in my career then, um, and it helps me now as a coach where I do tend to take deeper dives, but I also am interested in lots of versions of coaching. So uh, when I launched my own coaching practice five years ago, I probably got four or five different books, even though I had been trained 20 years ago, um, I wanted to uh, refresh. And so I downloaded, or I I purchased hardcover several different books and got lots of different um, versions of what coaching is and how to do it well. And so for me, that's not work, it's fun. It's like being on a scavenger hunt. Um, What am I gonna find here? What am I gonna find there? and then the the input likes to collect it all, so it's really helped me in my career throughout my career.
0: That's great, Chad. How, I, I, how has I, it contributed to your success?
1: Yeah, so I, I I first echo a lot of what Damien said. I I um in the 80s and 90s I was still in middle school to high school, so I'm kind of dating myself, and I'm probably dating Damien even worse. Um, but it, I I think there are some similarities. Um, as as you can see behind me, I love to keep. Um, physical books. Um, I think that's one of the slight differences around my learner is, and it's probably complemented or seasoned by uh, my deliberative analytical. So I really love tangible resources. So I'm not a huge fan of say eBooks uh, or audiobooks, So I do listen to a, a fair number of podcasts, but for me to really understand uh, a topic um, I need to be able to digest it. And so keeping books around that I can go back and reference um, is something that has sort of a double-edged sword, a uh, little bit of pack rat tendencies can, can perk up. And we're going to get to the negative sides in a second. But I think the other thing that, you know, is that I do keep a lot of books, even if they're a sub on a subject that I might have, you know, kind of given up a couple years ago. So I still have a lot of my college books, In you know, as a history major. So those still are around our house, even if they're packed away in the basement. Um, I have a hard time getting r- rid of those. But I think, you know, going back to sort of your core question around how has it helped me? I think Learner has really helped me in that, um, as much as our society right now really sort of emphasizes, you know, finding your niche, really specializing um, and narrowing down, I think Learner in a lot of places and a lot of my past jobs has really helped me be kind of that jack of all trades. So it's, it's almost an expert in being that exploratory person. There's that, that, that new project coming up that I, you know, somebody in the department or somebody on the team needed to handle. I was kind of one of the first people to raise my hand and say, well, I'll, I'll take my hand, you know, I'll try my hand at that and then go and, and really uh, dive in on that. So I think that's, that's one place. I think the other is that it does have uh, a sense of stamina. So we talked a little bit about that in our last episode about Achiever and there are a couple others out there. I think Focus also made a, a brief appearance in our last episode about having that stamina to stay on something, and I think Learner has uh, notes of that. Um, that you know, as as Damien started to say, you know, keep digging and keep reading article after article. You need some energy to do that, um, and then it also becomes a virtuous cycle, instead sort of a, a vicious, um, because the more you learn, the more questions come up, the more you want to dig some more. As as Damien said, get that second second or third or fourth opinion or perspective. So that stamina piece, I think has been a real benefit. And then in terms of my immediate work, being a coach, like the two of you, I stay really curious about people. So that, that ability to just stay in the moment of asking the next question and getting people to dig into core issues has been a real benefit. Um, because my natural tendency is to, instead of to state stuff, it's to ask the next question. And so I would say that that's been a real, um, real benefit to me. And I'm, I'm just looking at a couple of my other notes. Um, I think just the the nature of staying curious, you know, with the world constantly changing, the ability to stay curious about the next thing um, has also served me um, both personally and professionally. Um, so that's probably where I would leave it. Um, a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, I wanted to go back because I heard you say something and it reminded me of some of the things that we talked about in our pre-show. So I want to just touch briefly (laughs) on this. Like We talked about books um, in our pre-show and you both had some interesting things to say about books. And I'm going to start with Damien because he said something that we were both very surprised about about how he gathers information and his book sources, Damian, do you want to share with us and our audience? Sure.
2: Yeah. So when I do decide to go deep, I often go very deep, uh, which I think is is uh, not unusual for learners, and I and I also attribute it to this combo learner input that I have. And so um, there have been a number of occasions in my life where where I go into a particular topic. And the one I mentioned yesterday was a, a book called Crucial Conversations, and kind of a philosophy or a approach to improving how we humans all communicate with each other. And when I was first exposed to that in a workshop, it really resonated with me. And as part of the workshop, we got a hardcover book. Um, but books are slow and I like to go fast. Uh, so I immediately downloaded the audio book and listened to it during my commute to and from my office, um, which was an hour each way. So I had plenty of time to zip through the book. Um, And then, and of course, while driving, it's impossible to take notes, or at least it's impossible (laughs) to do it safely. Uh, I've done it unsafely in the past. (laughs) Uh, But uh, so when I get home, if there was something in particular that stuck out to me, I would pull out the hard copy with a highlighter and just highlight that section. And then uh, there was a time when I was traveling and I knew I was going to be talking to somebody about Crucial Conversations and I didn't want to lug the book around. So I bought the ebook, the digital book uh, and (laughs) just took my Kindle with me. So I'm one of uh, that company's best customers in that I have three versions of the book. (laughs) Of Uh, the same book. book. (laughs) Of the same book, book. yeah. And and I have multiple uh, formats of other books too where I really wanted to go deep.
0: Yeah, I, I found that so interesting, yes, um, when we talked about that before, about, about that difference between when you keep things surface and when you go deep, as opposed to Chad, and, and I think that's where um, I was kind of going with how different your, your learners show up for the two of you, yeah. um, because you talked about, like, having these books and spending more time with them. Um, dig into that a little bit.
1: For yeah, me. so this is a place where, um, you know, Damien, <laughs> Damien and I, as much as we share in common around learner, uh, definitely differ because a, a, I, you know, I mentioned audio books, uh, you know, I really don't go for, for the audiobooks I really need something tangible that I can hold and, and, you know, read and maybe then think about and then come back or, or definitely the highlighting. I, I definitely appreciate about uh, Damian that that's something we do do in common. I just don't take a, I don't take in information as well, um, through audio. Um, so a lot of the, you know, I mentioned some podcasts, I do those not as pure entertainment, but as sort of uh, uh, secondary or, or tertiary resources or perspectives. You know, so I listen to Simon Sinek, I listen to Adam Grant because they have other thoughts on you know workplaces or teams or Banne Brown on you know emotional awareness and intelligence, um, and you know the power of empathy and all that. So there's helpful information in those but those aren't sort of at the core and so when I really think about books and going back to the tangible resources I kind of need that resource where I can really sit with it where I can highlight where I can make notes in the margins that's a big piece of of capturing you know and getting an idea to stick in my head um so as much as it's not about doing, say, three versions of the same book, and I'm holding nothing against Damien for doing that's that. Awesome. If he wants to spend his money there, that's great. But The way I, I get an idea to embed, instead of say, taking three resources, is to really take notes in a physical fashion. Um, you know, margins are my friends um, and be able to put notes there. I will say, you know, Damien mentioned how his learner is kind of seasoned by his input, or they almost run It almost sounds like they run in twins. You know, it's the Gemini pair. Um, Mine is probably a little bit more seasoned and, and influenced by my deliberative and my analytical. So I'm really picking it, you know, trying to figure out what is the core message this author is trying to get across was the core message of whether it's that chapter or that paragraph. Um, And then also seeing data for me, you know, with my analytical being my number five, um, seeing data in print, in graph, um, and be able to really go back to that as a resource is probably a place that um, I would maybe differentiate a little bit from, from Damien. I think it's great that we're talking about these differences because I think anybody listening to this or ha- you know working with somebody that has learner, it's really important to understand these differences because mm-hmm. they show up differently, that we're gonna spend our resources differently because we're learning in different ways. So um, I really appreciate the the question around, you know, books and how we use them, Um, so.
0: Yeah, it was was just so interesting to me to see them work so differently, yet very much the same. And so I, I really wanted to highlight that for our audience. So let's talk a little bit about the ways the learner can get in your way. So whether this is, um, like we always say, everything has a double-edged sword, right? So we, we have the good sides and the not so great sides. So what are some ways that, that your, your learner talents have gotten in the way for you? Uh, you wanna start, Damien? Sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so um, so sometimes I think that it's almost like I have maximized or higher than I do. And, and, and for me, it's not very high. Uh, it's actually number 21, but uh, people that I know that have maximizers are high um, have, I've heard them say, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Well, that can be me <laughs> with learner. <It's>, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can be overdoing it. And uh, I've, in the last 10 years, I think I've, I've finally picked, developed the awareness of that, where I can capture it in the moment. Um, but even then it's. I become aware of it, and then I have to think, well, maybe I don't wanna s- slow it down Stamp just it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. one more, sort of. Sure. Um, and so I've seen it show up uh, in terms of overuse, uh, both at work and at home. At work, um, when launching a new initiative uh, with my team, when I worked at the university in the career office, um, I would wanna dig in and get lots of information before we would launch something Uh, Sometimes. um, And, and on more than one occasion, my peers would sort of call me out, or my my uh, direct reports actually and say, I think we have enough information like let's, we need to get this going if we're going to get this done by the end of the semester kind of a thing. Um, And at home, it's, it's, um, in my mind, it's a little more comical, maybe not in my wife's mind. but. you know, a, an example I always reference is when we decided that we needed a new dishwasher, I wanted to research it forever. And finally she said, you know, it's been like three weeks. The, it's not working. We need to do something. And I said, all right, well, I've ruled out four, but there's three that I'm still considering. So I need like another day. And she's like, fine, another day. You can wash the dishes tonight, which, you know, I'm fine with. I we We share the household chores around here. So... So that was fine, but you know, enough's enough. Like, bring it home. She'd say, you know, bring it home. Come on. <laughs> and
1: and I think, and I think that you know, you sh- you shared a bit of that story and, and probably a few more details in our pre-show, but you made the point that this is a this is a simple four hundred dollar, you know, five hundred dollar investment. This is not you know a thirty year mortgage on a brand new house, or you know, you're not moving to a whole you know, other side of the world sort of thing. This is something that right. if it doesn't work out, you can send back, but you still want to do that research. And I can, I can very much resonate with that. Um, in that, you know, talking about overdoing it, you know, the internet is both um, a boon for lear- for learners, but it also turns into, you know, the rabbit hole, the, you know, that, that um, stereotypical, mm-hmm. you know, internet rabbit hole, click, Link, 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 and and by the time you bring your head up or look at the clock, it's you know half hour, hour, two hours later, and you really you know you've you've learned the sort of the first thing, but then you've learned all this extraneous stuff that is loosely tied to what you first went looking for. So I I I resonate with you, Damon, and I I both empathize and sympathize um, that that's that's a danger in our in our. uh, learners. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, I have got a couple of extra things to add. <laughs> Let's talk about extra. Um, but is there anything else that, that you wanted to show, show up around that?
2: No, no, I don't think so. I think that that kind of covers it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'll just, I'll, I'll add a couple extras because as I said, I, 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 echo a lot of what Damien's sharing. I think, um, I've already mentioned sort of the pack rat tendencies. So that's, that's already been uh, covered. Um, but I think the other place that it can show up is um a sense of boredom. Um, and that's, that sounds counterintuitive if you're talking about learner and always exploring. But if you're if, if I've been in certain jobs um before where it's pretty repetitive, you know, you, you learn how to do it, you figure out the best way to do it well, you kind of stay with that method. But if you do that for too long, learner starts to get antsy. Um, and, and and sometimes even agitated. And so that can negatively impact your performance because now you might start going to tweak things just to tweak them. And mm-hmm. you know it's interesting you brought up Maximizer, Damon, because I, I do think that, that that's a similar sort of showing of you know Maximizer's always looking for that fine tuning. Learner is probably doing it for a slightly different reason. They're just trying to change it up so that it's something new or they're trying to figure out how to do it just a little differently. Um, so I think that that can be a, a detriment, um, at times. And the other one is, and I think Damien, you, you started to go there and then I was hoping you'd, you'd hit on it, but you know, kind of spending money on things that we might not need to spend money on which, you know, I think you and I touched on this in the pre-show is you know, learning opportunities or professional development opportunities. You know, there's always the next masterclass that some other expert is, is putting on. And it's, you know, it's just $129. Well, you start to add five, six, 10 of those together. And I don't know about your spouse, my spouse starts to go, well, what are you getting out of all this? And my learner wants to go, I'm learning all this new stuff. And she's going, yes, but can you apply any of it? And is it really something you have to know? Or is it just something you want to be in community with? So I think that that's something that we may need to be more conscientious about what exactly our goals are and what we're spending our resources on both time and money um, Yep. because when you're when you're in those master classes you're not you're probably not doing something else that might be advancing either your team's goals or you know in, in the case of damien and i we're running our own businesses you know going out and finding that next, next client so that's that can be a negative impact if we're constantly you know signing up for the next thing so damien yeah. you're about to say something
2: yeah so I, I just want to um, emphasize or or agree with and and maybe add a slight twist to to both of those. The first one, the boredom, is something that showed up in my career, and I didn't realize it um, until much later. And it was um, I went through a period of about fifteen years where I changed jobs every three years. and it wasn't till about the fifth change. So I used to say, you know i I worked as a CFO and I had 15 years of experience. I actually had three years of experience five times um, and I would be brought in to fix things. And in that fixing, I would learn enough to fix them well. And since sometimes there were different things, a banking relationship, uh, accounting processes, uh, a variety of things. Um, and then once they were fixed, I got bored. Yeah. And yeah. to my good fortune, and, and it always seemed to take about two and a half years. Um, and to my good fortune, I would then get a call from a recruiter who'd say, hey, you've got this great experience. We think you'll be really applicable here. Are you interested in talking about it? And I was always interested in talking about it. And this was long before three years was sort of a common thing. This was, yeah. again, in the in the 90s. And, uh, and so once I... Um, took the assessment and read through it, I realized that's what was really behind it. I was just getting bored. And so I wanted to emphasize it uh, in our program today to say, if you're a manager and you have somebody on your team that is high, has learner high, you need to be cognizant. They're gonna get bored. And when they get bored, they become disengaged. And they may still be checking the boxes on the things that need to be done, but they're not really engaged. And so you're missing out on an opportunity, this resource that you have. And so as a manager, you need to keep people that have high learner engaged and give them opportunities to learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other one, uh, you know, I've, so I already talked about multiple books. Well, sometimes I'll read the book and then, you know, in the last 10 years or so, there's always a, a workshop or a program or whatever that the yep. author offers. And so it's like, well, I really like the book. You know, I, I, I was using a thing called The Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt. Absolutely love yeah. it. Well, then he offered a workshop. Oh, I got to <laughs> take the workshop. And it was more than the numbers you quoted. And okay. I've seen his prices. <laughs> I signed up for it. And what I realized was it was essentially rehashing the same material mm-hmm. that was in the podcast, that was in the book. Yeah. Um, and, and other people, and I'm not being critical of, of the program, because I'm sure it was really helpful for other people, but for me, I didn't really get anything else out of it, Mm. because I had the discipline to implement it just from reading the book and listening to the podcast, Um, but I spent the money.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Oh, that
1: learner is so strong. Oh, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like Gravitational pull. Oh, it's, it's right. yes. Time to get away from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I mean, this is what we're talking about, you know, the, the double-edged sword or, you know, finding that balance, uh, you know, another analogy that I know both of you will associate with because we're both sort of northern hemisphere, especially northern states. You know, the thermostat, you can always turn, you know, you can turn it down too low and learn, learn nothing. But if you turn it up too high, you're spending all this money. You're burning through the money, and the spouses are getting annoyed. But there is a really nice, you know, positive balance if we can get into that goldilocks zone. I think a lot of the positive benefits that we were highlighting before, you know, the the ability to, you know, quickly take on different projects that might be a little outside our sort of standard job description, um, is a super superpower to really take advantage of right. if we're thinking about. You know, know, Damien, you said, if you have a learner on your team, you know, know that they can go do this and that they're not necessarily abandoning their job description. They just they need this um, to go out and do something different. It's interesting between the time we had our pre-show yesterday and today, I I saw um, an interesting LinkedIn post from Adam Grant about the power of side hustles and that leaders should actually be encouraging side hustles um, because it's a way for people to engage their uh, passions I would say you'd almost want to double down on that kind of to Damien's point, double down on a lot of people to go do side hustles because for a learner, that's a way to kind of exercise that muscle. And then when they come back to their job, they're ready to learn how to do their job maybe a little differently or look at the next improvement that can be made depending upon what are the themes they have. But those side hustles and be able to break away from the board to break away from um, that cycle of, of just doing the same old, same old, uh, would be really important.
0: That's great. I, I love that you brought up the Goldilocks zone thing. Again, <laughs> we talked about that in our very first episode. And, and I was thinking about the way the porridge is too hot, you know, like with, the, <laughs> with this, with this strength. So we talked, um, in other episodes about some imagery around these talents. So do you guys have some images that come to mind when you think about your learner, Damien? <laughs>
2: I absolutely do. So for me, the combination of learner and input is like, if you're, you know, if you're familiar with video games from the eighties, it's like Pac-Man. So it's just like, you know, marching across the screen, consuming all those dots. Um, and if you're, if you're not familiar with that game, the other one is the, uh, is the energizer bunny, you know, just, I just, when I want to learn something, I just keep going and going and going. And it, it creates its own energy. It's not tiring for me to learn. It, it's energizing for me to learn. Yeah,
0: That's great.
1: Chad? Dave, well, I, I'm actually going to get Damien to, to mention one of the other ones he mentioned oh. yesterday in our pre-show because I thought it was brilliant. That's about the squirrel. And you guys, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. and yeah. let you take the rest of that.
2: Yeah. So it's sort of like a squirrel that sets out to you know collect nuts for the winter. We live in Michigan and the squirrels are out digging up nuts everywhere and taking them back to their den and Storing them well. This squirrel just keeps collecting more and more and more, and they're overflowing out of the den. And I don't need any more. I can't consume all these before the end of the winter. But every time I see a nut, I gotta pick it up.
1: <laughs> so there's <laughs> there's crazy. your learner and input again. But I yeah. think I think just the the action of you know what really struck me about that image, Damien, and what I really resonate with as a fellow learner is the going out and getting the nuts, not so much storing them, because for me it's often about finding the nut, eating the nut. But it's that activity of scurrying around, seemingly from the outside, you're kind of bouncing from one thing to another. But for the squirrel, there is somewhat of a pattern, like you're, you're actively looking for the next nut, whether it's, you know, acorns or walnuts or, you know, beach or whatever else. It's just find the variation in what you go out and out for and that you're, you're going out from the den to, to find something new. And so that's what appealed to me about your analogy. I think that imagery is great. Um, I will add uh, two others. One I've already mentioned is is the sponge um, and actually the internet rabbit holes. I think the other one is uh, a library. And I know that conjures images also of input of having a larger and larger collection. But I think the idea for me around libraries is with mine, it's a place to go, it's a resource. And so the activity of going to the library, it's not so much the library building itself, it's the activity of walking into it. And then going and finding the pieces of information you need, you know, using the electronic card catalog and, and finding the book or, or section that you need to go to and then hitting numbers of books on that shelf is is a is a really powerful image. Um, yeah. So probably not as powerful as a squirrel though. I love that one.
0: <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I do too. So we talked a little bit now about how this shows up for you, the way these, these learner talents have been a success for you and other ways that they've brought you down. But let's talk now about some learner talents you might've seen in others you've coached, or maybe other people that you know who have learner high. Yeah. Uh, Damian, I, you had a, a really great story about um, someone that you worked with in the past. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that story and, and maybe some others?
2: You bet. So, um, I'm actually still working with uh, the person that I mentioned yesterday, and he's a a manager. And uh, as I was reflecting on, I, I remembered that he had learner high uh, in his dominant strengths, and I was thinking about, I wonder what else he's got there. Because one of the stories he told me, uh, as we were getting, as we began working together, was how he develop strong relationships with his people. And one of the ways that he does that, his team is by learning a lot about them, both their their backgrounds and skills and abilities at work, but also about their personal lives. And, uh, and as it turns out, he's got Relator in his top five, wow. as do I, Relator's my number one. And uh, I had the chance as part of this coaching engagement to do a 360 assessment, but do it via interviews. So I interviewed, Uh, four of his direct reports and uh, peers um, and his manager and uh, many of the people all of his direct reports and some of the other people reference the fact that he really takes the time to get to know them Mm -hmm. and in a lot of detail Um, and so that has led to these people being very loyal to him uh, feeling that they're well understood uh, and Feeling a real bond and connection with him, and and being engaged in work because of him, um, so.
0: What it, what a great way to use your learner to learn about other people, learn about your team, learn about your your coworkers to to really bring that trust that we talked about that, yeah. that you know the followers need. So that's a great yeah. example.
2: Yeah, and and wonderful to see that the theme dynamics how two themes work mm-hmm. together. Uh, and and come out in a in a different way. So yeah, that's great. And the other one uh, that I thought about as I was thinking about this question was another client that has learner high and also has developer high. And so her focus is also on her people, in addition to well, she's she's a sales leader. So her focus really is on her people. And it's a great um, combination of strengths to have in her top five because again, she gets to know them um, very well, but it's knowing them from the perspective or wanting to know them from the perspective of developing them to be better at what they do. Um, She brought me in to do strengths training with her team. um, And then she got promoted and brought me in again with her new team. Um, And for her, and she said this to me, is she can get to know them by asking them questions but the results of the strengths assessment allows her to get to know them in a way that is not necessarily visible. You know, it's these mm-hmm. patterns of thought, yep. feeling, and behavior that um, that there are clues to those. But now she's got um, she's got language around those, and she can yeah. talk to them about you know how is your responsibility showing up with this uh, client interaction, and so um, her learner. Has fueled her interest in strengths. She's taken a real deep dive in it, and she's applying that to developing her people. So again, yeah. great combination of themes. It's so great
0: to hear someone doing that too. And what the way I always re- explain how strengths works, and once you know what you what you know, it's like you can't unknow what you've learned once you yeah. learn about strengths. And it's like, you know, I, I would use it in my workshops. We talk about like seeing, like noticing what you see when, when you're looking at strengths, like what we focus on is what we work on. So if we're always focusing on those negatives, then that's all we're gonna see. But when we focus on the, those positives, those things that come naturally to us and able to apply that to our, our teams, our direct reports, you know, I think that's amazing job that she's doing using her developer and her and her learner in order to yeah. do that for her team that's great yeah. Chad do you have some some you've coached before that you have some different opportunities with them
1: yeah so it's it's actually interesting I was just reflecting on what Damien was saying about the the opportunity for his leader uh, to use her developer uh, and learner combination to develop other people um, one of my earliest, uh, coaching opportunities uh, was with a woman she happened to have a uh, learner pretty high and then also input in an election so a little closer to, to maybe Damien's um, uh, working out of of learner um, but it was interesting to work with her because she was actually feeling like she had to do a lot in her job that she didn't feel completely maybe comfortable with or didn't really sort of speak to her strengths and the more we dug into it What we realized, and what particularly she realized, was that wait a minute, I don't have to be doing all this external work, Um, you know, kind of big sales calls and trying to convince people. She still does some of that. And I'm sure she's great at it. But what she realized is that by using her talents, she was actually able to educate her team so that they could do. They could take on that load. So she actually got a chance to offload something instead of continuously unloading, like kind of the developer of, you know, continue to add layers. This is actually an opportunity for her to peel a layer off and hand it to somebody else. And her real power with Learner was she loved to learn her industry really well. But then utilizing that combination of input and election, she would boil down this really complicated uh, language. Um, it was in the benefits in- industry. Um, she would boil that down and then be able to, she actually called them knowledge bombs. She would, you know contribute those to her team and help educate them. She was doing all the research, you know we talked about the stamina behind research and really kind of going deep with a lot of very complicated ideas. That's an awesome power for, for somebody a learner, but then be able to translate that into knowledge that somebody else could pick up very quickly and not have to expend. All that deep dive energy um, was a real kind of benefit to her team, and that was a really neat uh, demonstration of how a learner can actually help you kind of offload some things instead of continuously developing or continuously adding a, a layer to to who you are and, and what you're trying to do. Um, it's
0: almost that ringing out of the sponge, like you were talking about before. Like she could gather all that information, but then ring it out on her people. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Exactly. Basically, yeah. and, and, you know that was. She found that quite energizing to be able to take it all. Um, one of the actually analogies that we struck upon in that conversation was, and this is another great going back to the imagery, um, is sort of the, the Dyson vacuum cleaners. So <laughs> for her, learner was what direct, you know, kind of pointed the vacuum in a certain direction. Then the input was, you know, pull all the information in. And then her her intellection actually was kind of that the clear cylinder where it spins around and you know the the heavier stuff stinks to the bottom and you actually get to see that and the other stuff kind of gets shoveled back out into the air hopefully not with all the dust but that's that sorting process happens and then you know then she could look at okay so here are the big nuggets at the bottom of that bin this is the stuff that I w- want to then pass along to my team because I know it'll be beneficial to their to their development and their ability to contribute to the team in a faster way. Um and so that I think is a, is a very different, um, application from say mine, which is very near-term applicability Mm -hmm. to, you know, Damien just collects a lot and, you know, loves to use that learner as, as a directional piece. And then you have, um, others that are really thinking, how do, how do I get to the core of something? What's the deep nugget? And that's the election coming in for, for this woman. So, um, so yeah, that's that's one great example of another way I've seen learners show up. Um,
0: great. Any others that you guys want to share with, with the audience before we move on?
1: I think one of the things I'll, I'll mention real quick is that I think we touched on this in our pre-show is that a lot of the themes around learner can really di- uh, direct whether something is sort of forward-looking or past-looking. You know, we talked about futuristic and the learner thinking much more about what's going to happen in the future or what's applicable next or what they le- need to learn next, versus you know themes like input or context, which have maybe either a, a near past or near future. I know Damien, you mentioned it's sort of an even further out futuristic um, kind of bend, but that context could be very much about finding lessons and learnings from the past. Um, and so I think that that is something worth um, keeping in mind.
0: Yeah, it's that, that seasoning effect that we talked about <laughs> last time and, and that we've got, talked about even throughout this one. You can hear it. All of, all of these strengths don't work in, in isolation. They, uh, they are all you know, working together, melding together to, to make these great things happen. So I love hearing the differences in the two of you and even the differences that you've brought up with, with the other people that you've coached. It shows how just really amazing this learner strength is. Yeah, thanks for sharing those things. Um, I'm gonna move on to how this learner uh, talent, how these learner talents can contribute to a team or a team leader. So do you guys wanna share some nuggets about ways you believe that this will be helpful and contribute to the team?
1: i want to put this on Damien right at the We've (laughs) got him first, first. I'm, I'm interested.
2: Yeah, so I think um, two, I, I have two thoughts on this. One is relates to the leader of the team, and the other relates to team members. And so the leader of the team, I think it, it can contribute um, in that the, the leader can help keep moving the team forward by wanting to learn more about what they're doing, how they're doing it, new ways of doing it. Uh, at least from my from my experience at leading a team, uh, I was always wanting to learn and, and thinking about what, what's next. Even though futuristic isn't that high for me, um, it, it's still this notion of, of uh, excited to learn new things. And um, um, however, it's not always, you know, I, I shared uh, in the pre-show an um, example of a time when that wasn't great. But luckily, the the outcome was great, um, and that was a team I was working with was considering making a change to a, a core part of what we did, and uh, um, and they were had pretty much decided they weren't going to make a change. What was what was in place was working, and I thought that that we we don't know what we don't know, so let's invest some time and learn more about it uh, <laughs> and not make a decision. For at least another week or two. And this was in the in my career services days. And so we were meeting with students already. Um, and so they wanted a decision at that meeting. and uh, and so somebody that um, whose strengths included command and uh, uh, I don't know what his other ones were, but maybe activator. I don't know. but anyway, he would he, he did not mince words. Um, he just kind of called me out and said, I think that's the wrong decision for us to postpone making a decision. I think we have enough information right now. And I pushed back a little bit uh, to the point that the, my direct report, that guy's boss, said, Well, you know, I think he actually has a good point. You know, we've all been in touch with employers, we've been t- in touch um, with um, other resources that we have available to us. And we really don't need to make a change. We don't need to invest the time researching that now, but, and this was a great thing on her part. She said, but you know, I think it's, it's great for you to invest some time learning some more about it, but let's march forward with what we think is the right decision. And if it turns out you learn something different, we'll talk about it again. And luckily we had the, the relationship capital in place where that didn't bother me, particularly with the person that was my direct report. Um, she was very smart um, and, and just a good head on her shoulders. And, and I respected her a lot and still do. Um, and, uh, and said, okay, fair enough. Um, and then as it turns out, you know, the, the punchline to the story is I, I went ahead and did my little research and it was absolutely the right decision. So I just would have slowed us down as the leader. Um, and appreciated that they pushed back. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention briefly is that um, as a manager, it can be really valuable to, to be familiar with, with what the strengths of your team are. And if, somebody, if you have somebody on your team for whom um, learner is high in their top five, or is in their top five, then that's a resource to take advantage of as a leader that when you are embarking on something, um, because chances are they're gonna enjoy the prospect of learning more about it, researching it, and it is something that somebody else doesn't have to do. Even if they don't necessarily have the domain expertise uh, to begin with, they like learning. So give it, give them the opportunity to do something that they like that will actually benefit the team. Um, and I've experienced doing that, that was great.
0: Those are great examples because I, I like that you brought up um, a, a time where like actually your learner might've been a little offended. You're like, no, I want to research. I want to do this learning, but you, <laughs> you had the, you had the ability, your team had the ability and openness to say like, okay, if that's important to you, like go ahead and do the research, but we need to move on with what we already know. So it was a great way to bring those two things together. Cause like you guys both had, had shared with me, you know, that learner can can get a little out of control and want to keep learning. And, and yeah. that there is a time, um, like we talked about in the deliberative um, podcast that we did, there is a, a consideration time that we need to say like, okay, this time is over. We need to make a decision. So I, I think learner very, very much follows that one. Yeah. And I, and I just want to say how much I love the thought that you're saying, like, even if your person doesn't have a job that's specifically about something, but they have learner high. That if you need to know something about a new topic, a new process you're going to do, that this person might really love it and be energized by finding the information for others. Because it might be your space of expertise, but you have absolutely no desire to learn new things about it. <laughs> you just want to do, you know, status quo, what we always do. Having that other learner on your team is definitely helpful. Yeah. Great. Great. things. Yeah.
1: So before I get to my comments, I just, I want to echo two things that I just um, two, maybe even three things that I heard um, that I think are really critical for team leaders. You know, if, uh, if they are leading somebody with learner, that environment of trust is critical because if a learner comes to you with something that may seem brand newish or that, is not the status quo there needs to be a level of trust there about hey they're they probably have dug into this topic enough to be opening their mouth um and again that's going to be flavored by some of the other talents around them i know my deliberative analytical really makes sure that i've got my ducks in a row and that i've really learned what i you know, and, and sort of, ver- you know, that trust and verify, <laughs> the verification part is, is part of my process. I'm, I'm using multiple sources like Damon was talking about before, if you're looking at a new topic. So I think that trust part, if, if somebody with learner is opening a door or, or showing a new approach, the learner's, the, the leader of the learner has got, there needs to be a, a strong sense of trust there that, um, because if you shut that down, the learner is, A, going to get frustrated with the fact that they keep getting told no and that boredom thread that we were talking about before is going to start to kick in. Um, So that was one. And then, Jen, you just said something about um, what team leaders need to do with, oh, just about learners may, again, depending upon their other themes, may want um, to dive deep in a topic, but they probably are not looking to become the, the domain expert for the team. They want to get enough information to make a solid contribution, you know, thought out, likely researched, you know, Damian and I have both touched upon the, the level of research that's, you know, a lot of learners will do, but that it's not about becoming the, the absolute expert. It's, it's about learning enough to make a solid contribution. And we want to do it well and thoughtfully, but it's not about expert. Um, and so, even if that person goes out and explores something new and then comes kind of back to their day to day or their job description tasks, that expansion and then coming back is kind of like what we talked about with that side gig um, idea of being able to expand out and then come back. And that, that variation adds enough. Um, in terms of the contributions, getting back to your sort of core question, um, I think, you know, I think Damien started down this track of, it keeps the team curious. You know, if you've got a team leader that is, has high learner, there's likely going to be a thread that runs through the team or it's kind of an expectation of, hey, I'm going to keep asking questions. I, I want us all to stay curious. I want us all thinking about the next thing. Um, so that's, that's a great contribution. I think it's also a leader that is probably continuing to strive to improve themselves, but also their teams. So going back to that developer thread that Damian touched on with his uh, past client, that's that's a real strong contribution if the team leader has learner high. Um, and I really didn't have much else to add in terms of a team member. That new and exploratory projects that variation is one of the biggest benefits of having somebody with with learner on your team is be able to uh, address those new or extraneous projects that you don't know who to put on. I'll be looking at your team grid and finding your learners. Right. As, as Damien smiles and agrees along with me. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: So we talked a lot about those contributions even when we were talking about our individual contributions of where we see this, like being successful in our lives, but so, and do you have any things you want to say? You did touch on them a little bit with like, like Damien said that, that maybe over, over wanting to learn. You want to learn more and maybe it's not time to learn more about it. Are there other ways that, that this learner theme can kind of get in the way as far as team, like something we need to know, um, be cautious of for, for those with with learner in in the team, um, or as the team leader, some of those kind of negative effects and ways we can help.
2: Yeah, so I think, um, again, we've talked about how other themes will influence, how themes influence each other. And so uh, for me, uh, responsibility is very low. And a deadline is a suggestion. and uh, not all, but you know, like April fifteenth is uh, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> oh, I always, thought you were gonna tell the IRS that was. You the suggestion.
0: Right, right.
2: So, um, so I think it's there can be a tendency uh, with learners like me to want to keep learning, want to keep gathering information, um, and so I think sometimes that can negatively impact a team if there's a deadline. Uh, if there's a commitment been made to, to launch something by a c- certain date and there's a learner on the team, whether it's the manager or team member that wants to keep getting one more bit of information, um, that, that that can put the team at risk for achieving its goals. Sure. So yeah. it's important to have people who, that are high in responsibility. <laughs> rein them in. Unless, you know, unless it's somebody like Chad who has responsibility high in his own top five.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Um, Damian, that's a beautiful thought. You used a phrase yesterday that I really think our audience would benefit from. I don't know if you ex- remember it exactly. I wrote it down, so if you don't know what it is, <laughs> I'll I'll say it for you. But do you want to highlight that sort of thought process?
0: Was it the quest?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, please repeat it. Like I remember saying yeah. it, but I don't remember the exact words.
1: So. It was um, the pursuit of um, the quest for new information can hold us back from actually achieving the goal. Something along that line.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, um,
1: Jen's looking at me like she actually has it verbatim. I'm actually, <laughs> I thought I had it written down here and apparently I didn't because I thought I might, you were gonna nail on it. I
0: so. might. The quest <laughs> for more knowledge can negatively impact the timeline.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I said that
0: yes, <laughs> yeah. we'll give credit where credit's due David. Yeah, It was definitely a Damien quote. I wrote it down with a yeah. little dash Damien after it. Even.
2: And, and it really is, um, it, it, that word quest, I think is really a great word because it can be this, you know, like I'm on this journey, like this quest, yep. um, and I want to keep going and I'm not there yet. Um, And again, you know, at home, my wife will say, you know, it's time to land that plane, bring it home.
0: (laughs) And I think it's really great because it speaks to those words, right, that we learned, that we heard right at the very beginning from from Gallup, the process of learning rather than the outcome is what excites you. So uh, having learner low for me, like just hearing that I'm like, oh my goodness, no, it needs to have like today's implications (laughs) similar to Chad's. Like it needs to be something I'm learning about so I can use it right now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to learn it if if it's something I'm never going to learn or need to know, or even just to share with someone else. It's not important to me. So Seeing it both in you, I see the the applicability of how this works so well and what you guys do. I love it. Yeah. Chad, did you yeah. So, Chad?
1: so yeah, I, I think, you know, Damien hit the nail on the head with, with sort of the team number, the, the, the big point I was going to make. Um, so I'm going to move on to my other one, which is, and this is sort of the negative side of, you know, we've talked a lot about putting people on sort of those extra projects or there's those new projects. I think the negative comes in where if you don't have anything new to give to a learner, um, there could be a tendency as they're looking to break their own boredom that they could kind of start to swerve into other people's lanes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a, it's a rough analogy and it's not probably my best one, but it's kind of like the drunk driver, you know, banging into other people's cars. That's not positive that, you know, they're, they're looking for something new to engage with. And if they're, you know, kind of dropping into other people's office and be like, so tell me what you're working on, because I want to learn something new. Well, that person's probably, you know, on the, on, you know, achiever activated, they're trying to actually move on something. And here learner comes in and kind of drops themselves into the situation. That's not a, that's not a positive use of, of learner. It's, it's that swerving and banging into other people that I think is really problematic. Um, so I think that's one that needs to be, you know, a a leader leading somebody with learner needs to be aware that if I don't give this somebody, if if I don't give this person something new sometime soon, this can get out of hand. Um, and you know, you don't want to just give them projects to give them projects. It needs to be thoughtful. There needs to be some, some, um, interest and likely a goal that's involved, um, but I think that that's something to, to keep in mind. I think the other um, one is that if they are shown a solution, kind of like Damien was with his um, his resume and his career services team, they then may end up asking more questions about the solution to a, either educate themselves or to, to understand, well, maybe is there something else? Um, and so they're looking to sort of understand how the solution was developed instead of just accepting the solution and moving on. And so it's sort of an expansion on what Damien was saying. It's not so much about finding resources to verify, it's, well, tell me how you got there and understand Mm -hmm. that process part again. What was the process to get the solution? Instead of being like, okay, you got to a solution, done, moving on. Um, I think that's another, caution area that uh, leaders should be aware of. I think when it comes to the to, to the team leader side, and again, I want to go back to Damien to see if he had anything um, extra to add. If you see learner in a team leader, I think there are two cautions. One is they could potentially be pushing people into professional development opportunities that those team members aren't interested in. Um, just because I love to go to a conference or engage in intellectual conversations. Mm-hmm. conversation, doesn't mean somebody with high activator or somebody that has low relationship building themes is going to be all that thrilled about going to. They may want to keep their heads down, do their work, and not go to those sorts of um, those sorts of activities. They're signing up for that those master classes we were talking about before. Uh, if you push people into that, oh, you've got to develop. I'm going to sign you up for this, this, and this. That's a real quick way to disengage team members. So I think that, that that's one. And then. This, like the second one I wanted to point out is depending upon their version of learner, I was mentioning about looking past, uh, looking into the past or looking into the future. I think if they have a lot of those sort of futuristic tendencies, even input, you know, the way Damien's described is, is, I'm collecting information for future application, you know, learning for future application. If you've got people let, going in that direction, then they may have a very hard time looking backward or taking thoughts um, or ideas in mind from their team members that have a reflective component to them. So I think that that would be um, another place where a team leader could get their team sort of in some hot water. So uh, David, did you have anything to add on the, on the team leader side in terms of how this could negatively impact a team? If the, if the team leader has learner.
2: Not, no, nothing beyond what I mentioned earlier. Okay.
1: All right. I, for some reason, I thought you'd had an, another idea. But um, apparently, I was making things up in my head. So um, yeah. So
0: the one thing I didn't hear either of you talk about, but what your last thing brought back to me was there was a, a sense of this, this question about whether or not you want to do research for research sake, like you personally are just curious as opposed to um, that wanting to get to the bottom of something because you need more information about it to make a decision. So we had talked a little bit about this in the pre-show about how sometimes, and in Damien's case, it, it, it was more about wanting to get the research and making sure that we're making the right decision after we collect all of the information. Um, but sometimes, Chad, you had said that that you might ask a lot of questions more out of curiosity. You just want oh, to get some yeah. information, but sometimes that can look, if you're the leader and you're asking all these questions out of curiosity, just of your own curiosity, rather than trying to to divert the team in one way or another. That that can sometimes look wrong. Like maybe that it's that ask the question, right? Is that where you, where you were going with that one? Yes, when we were talking. Oh about this yeah, before? in the
1: pre-show. So yeah, so. You know, going back, I'm actually going to piggyback on Damien's example. So, you know, his team had put forth a solution. A, 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 I think it was a resume format that was the sort of core business um, need that you were starting to reference. So, if I was, say, in that room and put me even in Damien's shoes as the team leader, I could potentially ask questions. Purely a sort of a curiosity. I'm not necessarily looking for anybody to go do more research. Again, it comes back to that understanding how they got to the solution versus I want to launch a whole new thread of investigation. So, again, you know, Damien mentioned about the, the depth versus breadth component to learner. Sometimes learner shows up at that very surface level curiosity. And then other times it shows up as I want to dig as deep as possible because I'm putting in a new well or a new flower bed and you need to dig down, you know, four or five feet because you're trying to unearth new, new nutrients, new information, new energy, whatever it is. Um, so I think that that's a place where it's, it's a balancing act. It doesn't necessarily fall into pure benefit or pure negative. It's how far do you take it? David, did you want to add anything to that? Because I think you and I did go back and forth on that a little bit yesterday. And I I want to make sure that we got all your thoughts.
2: Yeah. um, I I think it can play out multiple ways, as as you just explained. And uh, um, it's, I guess, one of the things that maybe we, that I didn't mention earlier is Sometimes I will land on what I think is a solution uh, or a direction. And if others don't agree with it, then I'll ask them questions, um, but not necessarily with an open mind oh. learning. Um, and that's not a good thing, you know, so so I think that's just something, uh, and, and I've become aware of that and we will sort of pause and try to uh, catch myself. Um, but I think, you know, its I'm probably not the only person in the world that thinks that way. I guess that's mm-hmm. that's the caution.
1: <laughs> so, so it's interesting. I'm smiling because the minute you said that, like a- asking questions kind of steer a conversation, I mean, if, if you could get really powerful with your questions, you could direct a whole conversation if you really wanted to. I think that is a really... Um, worthwhile note uh, and caution um, for those of us that travel around with learner uh, quite high as we need to be cautious are we asking questions to be open-minded or are we asking questions to direct the the decision the way we want it to go yeah um, the, i think that's a beautiful
2: that I, yeah the phrase i've adopted because it often shows up in my coaching um, is leading the witness and, yeah. and, and so that phrase I've developed that into a trigger where that phrase will come to mind and I'll realize that that's what I'm doing and I'll yeah. pause and I'll reword a question um, in a in a very different way um, yeah. so that I'm so that I really am seeking new information and understanding and and hel- helping them unearth new information yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. I, I, I'll I'll just add to that, you know, talking about coaching and even team leaders getting better at opening up um, conversations, especially team leaders with learner. I think one of the easiest, not easiest, but one of the most simple changes I've really tried to incorporate uh, of late is I used to be that why kid. You know, I mentioned that at the beginning. One of my high school teachers called me that. Now I'm trying to transition almost into the what kid. <laughs> Um, transitioning because that why starts to get get rationales and well why did you do this and that leading why 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 and instead of so what did that look like what were you trying to accomplish it really puts this puts the focus um, and emphasis back on that person to really educate you on okay well this is what I did this is and then it kind of allows them to go for where what their intention was, where does their why come from? You get there, but you open a lot more doors that way. And I think that that's a really, um, I, I'm so glad you opened that thread for us to talk about Damien, because I think that is really important is that leading is cautionary <laughs> for, yeah. for us learners. Yeah.
0: This has been so amazing. Is the, are there any other parting words of wisdom you might have for, for those who have learner or work with a learner?
2: With those with learner talents. So uh, the one I would say is, you know not everybody, uh, probably everybody listening to this is familiar with Clifton strengths and and all, but not everybody in the world is. Uh, and um, but there are clues. There are clues to talents. And so one of the clues for learner is, is this person the one that, you know, pulls out their phone at dinner when a question comes up and nobody at the table knows the answer? Well, chances are they're high learner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so those people can be, um, a wonderful resource, particularly if you can, you know, like, like establish in. some rails, keep, yeah. them, keep them in the rails. Um, and, um, and I think that can be said about all 34 themes of talent, you know, appreciate what they bring naturally and take advantage of it. Um, so I, I would say for me, that's been um, particularly um, significant in, in my home life. Uh, as I, after I got certified, uh, having my wife complete the assessment, mm-hmm. and once she debriefed and she had an understanding of strengths, to really take a deep dive into each other's strengths and realize there's so much power that you know the superpowers. Uh, Chad yeah. used that phrase earlier that we each have superpowers, and so take advantage of those. And and um, you know I happen to love learner, so <laughs> yeah. take advantage of it. Ask me a question. I'll yeah. do the work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I- so the, the parting thought I will share and it actually kind of goes off the guardrails and that last statement you just said about, you know, we're willing to do the work. Um, it's, it's, it is a process for us. So we're happy to travel down the highway. I, I think the part that I will, I would like to highlight as sort of a final thought is, and again, this is going to depend on other themes around learner, but I think setting proper expectations and, sp- and proper deadlines are really helpful. Now I know Damien's already said responsibility is really low. Deadlines are sort of a guidepost or a suggestion. But I think the the expectation. Um, this is something that I think we talked a little bit about in the pre-show. Is your know, learner can go and go and go, and it really doesn't matter about the destination, right? That was right in the in the brief description. It's, it's about the process, not the not the outcome. But if you can give sort of a guidepost ending to a learner, they know how much or how deep they need to go before either they could be satisfied with the amount of research they've done for a project or that the team will be satisfied. If you get us this, this, and this, that's all, the, that's all the learning and research we need you to do. We don't need A through F, we need A, B, and C. And so I think that that's a really nice powerful way to balance and help people get in that goalie lock zone of use your learner really thoughtfully to get us A, B, and C. But you don't need to extend yourself and inundate us with you know, E through K or L or even further down in the alphabet. So I think that that's a really powerful way to um, help learners stay in their goalie lock zone is setting those right expectations at the front end. Um, because then it dictates how much we expend in our energy and how far we need to go, and then also not um, overburdening our peers with what we've learned. Yep. So So anyway.
0: This has been amazing. Um, Thank you, Damian, for joining us. We've had a great time talking about Learner with you.
1: Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah, so um, because Damien has been so awesome as our guest today, um, Damien, do you want to tell people where they can find you, work with you, website links? We'll put links in the show notes, but if you want to say those out loud, especially for people that might be listening to this on a podcast as a learner um, and might not be in a position to write down instantly, um, at least they'll hear it and, and know where to start to look for you. Where, where could people find you?
2: Yep. So uh, probably the easiest way without having to learn how to spell my name is, <laughs> is my website, dgzcoaching dgzcoaching.com.
1: Okay. You
2: can find me there.
1: Excellent. So, all right. Well, um, if anybody has any questions, any, any of our listeners and, and watchers have any questions for any of us, um, as I said, we will put all of the links and contact information in our show notes. Um, We're thrilled that everybody came out to listen to us today and and welcome Damien to our show. Uh, And with that, I think we're going to wrap up and wish you all a great day. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everybody.